The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. This is some sort of magic carpet ride, isn't it? It's Davo welcoming you into another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. Your dish for ALCS game number two against Baltimore as the Royals once again win this one late with two runs in the ninth, breaking up a 4-4 tie and leaving Oriole Park at Camden Yards up 2 to nothing in this best-of-seven series as the Royals are now only the fourth club in Major League history to start a postseason 6-0. They joined the 07 Rockies, who got swept in the World Series, so let's hopefully not have the same fate there. The 76 Reds and the 70 Orioles. So only four clubs now in Major League history have gone 6-0 and to start the postseason. Your 14 Royals, the latest. And, I mean, when you break this one down, once again, where do you even start? There's so much awesome stuff. There's so many guys contributing. Complete team win again. Let's start with some more amazing stats. Let's just go stats first, because I've got plenty of them for you. First of all, Baltimore hadn't lost back-to-back home games since June 27th and 28th against the Rays. June 27th and June 28th, that's just two in a row, and they haven't lost any for that, you know, in a row for that long until the Royals came in and did that in game ones and game two. Now, this one, perhaps my favorite, the most remarkable to me. Elias Sports Bureau says the Royals are the first team in postseason history to not be retired in order for 17 innings in a row. So the Royals had at least one base runner against the O's for 17 innings in a row. Elias Sports Bureau says that's a first for the postseason. How about Mike Moustakas tying Willie Mays Akins back in 1980 for his fourth postseason home run? That ties Willie for number one in Royals history for most postseason home runs. And Moose will have, hopefully, knock on wood, at least six more games to try and eclipse that. But besides Moose offensively and even defensively, this one's got to be about Lorenzo Kane. And we keep hearing people talk about the Will Myers and Jake Odorizzi and Mike Montgomery and Patrick Leonard for, you know, for Shields and Davis trade. People said, you know, the Royals are now winning that one officially. I think that's kind of old news. We know now the Royals have won that trade based on Shields and especially Wade Davis. Good grief. You could argue he's had the best single season relief, you know, resume in, in history of Major League Baseball. Definitely top five. No doubt about that. If you break it down with the one ERA and 70 plus appearances, We'll talk more about that maybe this offseason and kind of break that down because I've got some things I've got saved and that I've kind of picked up when looking at him compared to other relievers historically. So but so the Royals have won that trade, but <laughs> I mean how much have they won the Milwaukee trade? The Zach Grinky trade. First of all, I got rid of Unioniski Bentoncourt. That automatically wins the trade, doesn't it? But Zach Grinky, you flip him for half a season. Yeah, the Brewers made the playoffs, but didn't go anywhere and he wasn't good in the postseason. The Royals are getting <laughs> Gold glove defense out of both Kane and Escobar for years and years. Both should win a gold glove. And the Rays wouldn't have made the trade without Jake Odorizzi. So you basically traded Zach Grinke for Alcides Escobar, Lorenzo Kane, and Wade Davis. Because the Royals wanted Will Myers straight up for James Shields. Absolutely amazing. And that trade, to me, became legendary today. That's why I bring it up with Lorenzo Kane. Let's get into him. Obviously, the easy choice for player of the game is Low Kane. What a week. Has his first son. And then tonight, I mean, 
four out of five offensively for Kane, who now joins George Brett, who's done it twice, having four hits in a Royals postseason game. And many of those hits were obviously gigantic. First of all, the top of the first, Kane doubles to right center, moving Nori to third and setting up Eric Hosmer to bloop them both home on that oppo broken back base hit. Now, don't forget, too, that Kane had a great read on that. Went about two-thirds of the way to third, froze briefly, saw the ball was going to drop, and it just barely did over the outstretched arms of J.J. Hardy. And Kane scored on it, the second run. Wouldn't have without that great read. So I mean, not only did he have a double to keep that inning going and move everybody over in a scoring position, a great read to score that second run there. And then in the third inning, he starts a two-out rally with the base hit because he hustles his tail off to first base. Lorenzo Kane. And then scores eventually when Billy Butler, by the way, doubles him home. And then the ninth inning, obviously, the clincher gets an insurance run after Omar Infante leads off with another infield single, a moose bunt. And Alcides Escobar doubled on the right field line. Man, was that a, a great hit. And then Kane singles in Eski with the infield in. So, I mean, you look at him offensively. Just think about that for a second. I just said the double, the, the base running play, that's basically two runs right there, essentially like keeping the inning going, moving over Aoki, and then scoring himself because of a great read with two outs there. And then, or there was one out there, I guess, but still. And then you look at Kane starting the rally in the third with two outs because of his hustle, going for the front part of the bag, which I know the Royals don't like him doing because of past injuries, but knock on wood, he's been healthy for the majority of this year, and that got him there safe. Otherwise, he would have been out. And then defensively, let's talk about him. In the sixth inning leading off, Ventura had been struggling, obviously. I mean, I think it's a fair second-guessing of Nettios to bring him back out there in the sixth after five innings of four-run ball, you know, 90 pitches-ish, and you had a, a Frazier, a Finnegan ready. Frazier, the inning before, Finnegan, that inning, were both throwing. Didn't have it. Tie game. And especially can second-guess him when he comes out with shoulder discomfort, shoulder stiffness, although we'll talk about Ventura in a second, but he says that he should be ready for his next start, which I might, I might doubt that, but... We'll see. We'll talk about that in a second. But back to Kane. Bottom of the seventh. Sorry, top of the sixth. Bottom of the sixth. Good grief. I'm all over the place. <laughs> bottom of the sixth. The ridiculous catch to with Ventura back out there to take away a hit from J.J. Hardy, where he goes over. We need to, like, break that down and see how many feet he ran. That had to have been 150 feet. I mean, the guy just covered an insane. That nah, wasn't that many feet. That, okay, that's a little bit of exaggeration. It had to have been 80 feet. <laughs> That's not, 150 feet sounds. Oh, he didn't run 50 yards there. I don't know how much he ran, but the, the point is he sprawled out there, made the catch. I mean, and then later on in the seventh inning, once he moved over to right field, when Dyson came in after pinch running for Nori, I mean, bases loaded. Herrera got himself into kind of a jam by not being able to find first base and walking a hitter, and and Kane goes over. It wasn't quite as spectacular, but it was equally as important. Maybe more important, you know, obviously with the bases loaded and two outs, you can't let that J.J. Hardy ball fall. It was just fair. Kane runs over, makes the catch to get the Royals and Herrera out of that seventh inning. So, I mean, you've got two gold glove plays out of Kane, four for five with two runs scored, an RBI, all in one day's work. Yeah, we can talk about that Grinky trade today. How lopsided does that look for the Royals? you got Kane, Escobar, and Wade Davis, essentially, for Zach Grinky and Unioski Betancourt. Wow. Dayton more every day has a feather in his cap more and more. We'll talk more about that plenty at length, too, for you. But Eric Hosmer offensively, two for four with two RBIs, continues to swing the magic wand, as Cal Ripken likes to say, five times a game. We already mentioned the Mike Moustakis bomb. I mean, Moose, an absolute blast. Two hits and three at-bats at the nice sacrifice. Mike Moustakis with the four home runs, like I said earlier, tying Willie Mays-Akins 
Every Royal starter except for Alex Gordon had a hit today. Rough day for AG with four strikeouts, but I think after his night last night where he single-handedly willed the Royals, it seemed like. I think we can excuse that tonight. But back to Ventura and the pitching tonight. Like, like I said, the tightness in his shoulder. He says he doesn't expect to miss a start. I don't think he starts again in the ALCS. I think the Royals will have kid gloves with him, but I do think he will make his next start if it's not until the second game of the World Series. With that said, because he wasn't scheduled to pitch till Game 6 anyway. So I don't see him pitching in Game 6 or 7. I think they'll back off on him. The good news is they're not saying they're even going to do an MRI. So I guess they're just not worried at all about him. His velocity certainly wasn't quite what it normally was tonight. Didn't see hardly any 97s. I don't believe he cracked even close to 100 tonight. Command wasn't there, obviously. And if there's pain at all, it's obviously a red flag with a Royal starter this deep into the season with all those innings and the future that both him and Duffy have on their arms, shoulders, and elbows. But, you know, I trust the Royals on this one. So I I do think he could make his next start if it's in game two of the World Series because, I mean, the Royals only have to win two out of three at home, and you've got Guthrie, Vargas, and Shields. So Ventura wouldn't come up till the next game in Baltimore. So I do think there's a good chance he makes his next scheduled start if it's in the World Series. I don't know that he'll be ready to go in five days, though, or six days. I don't know that I'd run him back out there. I might give him, in essence, which is what would be skipping a start in the regular season. Where I mean, he did that once with the elbow problems earlier this year. Remember where he skipped one start, so it was like 10 days? That'd be about game two of the World Series in about 10 days. So hopefully that is his next start because that means great things are happening. Did I just say World Series and Royals and happening? Wow. Ventura, though, like I said, struggled with his command. Velocity wasn't there. Slightly worrisome. Five and two-thirds. Thought he should have come out, like I said, after the fifth, but whatever. I'm not, you know, Ned Yost has been basically batting a thousand in the postseason, except for Ventura decisions, it seems like, you know, in the wild card game in this one. But five and two-thirds for Yordano, four runs on five hits, walked and struck out three. Brandon Finnegan comes out and gets the Royals out of the sixth, allows a hit, but then gets a ground out to end up, you know, that sixth inning. And then Herrera, kind of a nightmare seventh created by himself. Routine ground ball to Eric Cosmer to start the inning and misses first base for the air, a walk, and a hit. Luckily, Gordo's threat of throwing out a runner at home kept the Orioles from sitting anybody, kept the bases loaded, and Calvin was able to get out of that with a pop-up and a pop-up, including the great catch, like we mentioned, not the bat of Hardy by Lorenzo Cain. Wade Davis, Greg Holland, identical. One inning, one hit, one K, no runs. The Royals are ahead 2 to nothing. Who's going to beat this team? I mean, wouldn't you be shocked if we have to go back to Baltimore at this point? And believe me, the Royals cannot get complacent. This Baltimore team is still very good. They're still dangerous. But so are the Royals, and the Royals are so confident, and and they're playing so well. I mean, it's impossible to even break this team down how good they're playing like it's hard for me to do these because it's so it's I'm so happy and there's so much stuff to talk about and it's, it's like you can't comprehend what's happening it's like overnight this team has turned into a world series team because they're they're looking that way I saw a stat that teams that go up 2-0 and a best of seven have about an 87 percent chance mathematically of making the world series it's Guthrie and Chen Monday night we're still two wins away that and those two wins are going to be tough Baltimore ain't going down I mean this, this was like a a full boxing match tonight, blow for blow. Both teams would not back down. The seesaw game kept coming back. It ain't going to be easy to finish these guys off. We've got them on the ground now. It's time to step on their throats and finish them, though. You need to split the next two. Guthrie and, and uh, Vargas need to split the next two, go into game five with Shields going and end it. 
I said game six, Royals win before the series. It needs to be game five, especially with Ventura, question mark. You don't want to go back out to Baltimore needing a win and perhaps having an injured or not available Ventura. Then what do you do? You don't have shields at that point either because you pitched in game five. Then you're basically down to, what, Vargas and Guthrie, two guys who don't match up great in that band box of a ballpark, and perhaps Duffy, but for whatever reason, he's not pitching. So bottom line is let's just get this over with in game five or game four. How are we going to look at it? Let's, let's get it over in Kansas City. That gives our team plenty of time to rest up one more time for the World Series. It gives Ventura a chance to miss two starts in theory and then go for game two in the World Series. Hopefully it'll only need him for two more starts this year because I think he's hopefully got two more starts in his arm. This is fun. Guthrie and Chen coming up on Monday night, weather permitting here in Kansas City. We'll have it for you on Clubhouse Conversation. And hopefully you're able to check out a couple of the interviews I've posted over the weekend. Talk to two very excited former Royals. Gary Martz, who's kind of the Royals version of Moonlight Graham, or one of many. There's, there's about eight or nine of them, although Martz actually got one at bat. But Martz played in one major league game, one put out, one at bat for the Royals in 75. We talked to him. He's very into this postseason run. And then Jose Rosado, two-time All-Star, 97 and 99. He won that All-Star game in 97 after giving up a home run to Javi Lopez, but the AL came back and won it. One of the best young Royals pitchers of the last 20 years. Really sad to see his career end prematurely because of shoulder issues and overwork. On the half, most likely, uh, you know, on behalf of Bob Boone and Tony Muser, kind of overworking him. But we talked to him, and hopefully, you can check that out. He's very, very open about his thoughts on perhaps being overworked and how much he's he's enjoying this magic carpet ride like we are with the Royals. And a cool story about how they found him, and just a great interview with Jose Rosado, a guy who really, really, really loves the Kansas City Royals. It's it's so cool to hear that as we talk to these former guys on Clubhouse Conversation. Hey, thank you for listening. Please spread the word. I keep getting people virtually daily who say, wow, is this a new a new show you're doing? And it kind of is. Yeah, you know, May we started, but, you know, we're hoping more and more people find us every single day. So I appreciate you help, you know, helping to spread the word as we talk Royals baseball and give a place for all current and former Royals to be archived, have their careers and memories and stories, a place where we can all come to listen to them and enjoy them here on Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals! Have a great night, and let's get ready for Game 3 on Monday. Look forward to talking to you late on Monday.